The message I want to preach here right now, it probably, I thought about doing three messages on this, but I think we can do this all in one. I just think the timing of it's appropriate right now, but go ahead and turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 is where we're going to start reading, but um, this week, another bad week in America. A lot of uh, just the. I've got. I need to figure out how to stop it. On my phone, I've got this Fox News app, and I get notifications whenever there's these breaking news stories. And I'm just constantly getting notifications of terrorist attacks in different parts of the world, shootings going on, uh, you know, protests turning ugly, you know. I mean, it's just. Our country is not doing good, folks, right now. I mean, it is not good what is going on in our nation. And, the you know, the American flags, I don't know if you all notice this, they're almost always half-staff anymore, it seems like. There's always been some kind of natural or national tragedy. And we're it's like we're constantly in mourning in this country. And I believe right now, what I want to call this morning's message is America's harvest of sorrow. I believe that we are reaping what we've sown in many areas in this country. We have we have asked for what we're seeing. And one thing that's disturbing for me and you know just it gets me a little angry sometimes is every time there's a tragedy, you get to listen to the news media and all the liberals out there, and it's always interesting who they're gonna blame. Okay, for example, when the whole Orlando shooting happened. I was so curious to see how the news media was going to handle that because I thought, okay, it happened, you know, at a gay nightclub, and it was a Muslim that did it, okay? And it's supposed to be Christians that are the haters and the violent ones and stuff. And those are two of Obama's favorite groups, the Muslims, you know, and the Sodomites. And I'm like, you know, how are they going to do this? Well, they've figured it out. They're blaming guns. You know, they're blaming, you know, the fact that we have guns in this country. And I even read an article, a guy at work showed me an article that a, that a fellow wrote where he was proving the fact that the whole Orlando shooting was the fault of Christians and Bible believers. Because of the fact that the Bible teaches the death penalty in the Old and New Testament for homosexuals. And so he's like, so it's Christians' fault. Even though I'm pretty sure that guy wasn't reading the Bible. He was re- he was reading the Quran. He was, uh, you know, he was uh, following the Muslim religion. They believe in taking the law into their own hands and you know executing people and pretty much what he did. And so you know, I, I saw how they did that. And I thought you know that's so typical. And then you had these two instances where uh, there were the black men that were uh, gunned down by police officers. And I saw the videos of those things. And you know, I hate to judge something when I haven't seen all the evidence. But it looked like those guys didn't deserve to get shot. And it looked to me, okay, when I saw those videos, I'm just going to tell you right now, it looked like what those guys were guilty of were having guns. Which our society has, you know, frowned on people, you know, having guns. Which I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm very pro Second Amendment, which is not what I'm here to talk about today. It's not a crime to have guns, okay? Our Constitution. Okay, the Second Amendment guarantees the right to keep and bear arms. It should not be infringed upon. I'd love to preach on that right now, but I'm not going to. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was like they have guns and they just start shooting. That's what it looks like. Okay, I haven't seen all the evidence. I don't know. I don't know everything. But I listen to the news media talking about part of the problem is these guys have guns. If they hadn't had guns, they wouldn't have got shot. But the thing is, we're allowed to have guns in this country. 
And then you have the sniper that shot the police officers. And of course, it wasn't the sniper's fault. It was he had guns. And you know what? If we're going to play this blame game thing, I'm getting in on it. I'm going to get involved. And I'm going to show you what I believe is the result of the mess that we're seeing in this country. Why this is happening. Why America is having this harvest of sorrow I believe. But look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. There's a great principle we see here. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. We see that principle of two being better than one. Okay, I mean, thank God for marriage. Okay, a husband and a wife is better than a single guy by himself or a single woman by himself. You know, we complete each other. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. I, I'm so thankful for my wife. I can do ten times as much as I could being married. Not twice as much. I think I can do ten times as much being married. We see other verses like that in the Bible. And then it says a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And we have there are three institutions that I believe that God ordained that in America today and in our world today, we are seeing torn apart, we're seeing broken down, and as a result of dismantling these institutions that God set up, that God gave to man, we are seeing the mess that we're seeing today. We're seeing the chaos that is going on in our country and in the world because these three institutions that God ordained have been completely dismantled and taken apart and we need to build these things back up. These things must be strong for us to survive as a society because of the fact that we are all sinners, folks. All of us are sinners. We are sinful people and we need things in our life to help keep us in line. And God gave us certain things. God gave us what we needed. But we're going to see that in all of these institutions, they're all in the wrong areas and they're not working. And the solutions that we're hearing everyone talk about for how we can fix these things are only going to make it worse because it involves every one of these institutions going places where they're not supposed to be, where God never intended for them to be. Okay? And you know, people do. They ask the question all the time, why is God allowing so much evil to happen? When you see all the horrible things that go on, when you hear about all the terrible murders and things that go on, people ask, why is God letting this happen? And I'm here today to tell you, it is not God's fault. The reason these things are happening today is because we have rejected God's laws. We have rejected God's ways. We have taken the Bible out of everything and we're wondering why we're in the mess that we're in. And then people have the audacity to blame God for it. We've said no to God. We've said no, we're not going to do things according to your will. And then we have a mess and then we get mad at Him for it. It makes no sense at all. It's And it's aggravating to me to hear people questioning whether or not there is a God because they look at the mess that we're in today, and I just want to shake and say, do you not realize we are in this mess today because we have rejected God's ways? And we are, we're in the mess. We've abandoned the Word of God. God has clearly, clearly shown us in His Word how we can live together as a people, have peace and happiness. And in America, we used to follow these things. These institutions knew their place, and they were never perfect. 
But boy, they always did their best. They, people at least had a clear understanding of what their roles were. And so things were pretty good. But boy, in the last hundred years, it seems like we have just completely torn these things apart. We've dismantled them. And look at what we have in our country today. You, I mean, we're seeing things on the news all the time and we're going to keep seeing these things. Tragedy is going to keep getting worse. You know, it was the worst shooting, you know, worst mass shooting ever. It was the worst attack on police since 9-11. It's the worst. It's, all, it's always getting worse and worse. And we're going to continue seeing that. And the first institution I believe is being torn apart that God set up is the very first institution and that is the family. The family is the first institution that God set up. What is a family? A family is started when a man and woman get married. Okay, When they get married. Not when they start shacking up and start having kids. When they get married and begin to multiply. The mother and the father raise the children who eventually grow up and then they start other families. That's what a family is right there, folks. It is a husband and a wife. Two married people who come together physically. The fruit of that physical relationship is children. The fruit of the womb. It's His reward. And then those parents, they raise those kids. They bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. The parents teach them. The parents instill values in them. The parents show them how things are done. The parents, you know, they teach those kids how to work. They teach them how to cook and clean. How to run a household. They teach them all the things that they need And then, those kids grow up and then they go and they find a mate. And they get married. And they start a family. And then, that, folks, if we don't do that, we cease to exist as a people. We need to be multiplying, don't we? And we see today where people are so selfish, they're so self-centered, the last thing people want to do is you know, have kids because then they're not going to be able to drive as nice of a car as they'd like to drive. You know they're gonna they're gonna have they're not gonna be able to afford as much. But let me tell you, we need people having kids. Okay, we it's just a part of what we need to survive. But look at Genesis chapter one verse twenty six. Genesis chapter one and verse twenty six. And we're gonna you know go quickly through these things. We don't have time to you know we I probably could spend a whole message on each one of these institutions. But it says, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth Upon the earth. You all see that right there. God brought, God made man and woman. God brought them together. God told them to be fruitful and multiply. God told them to have dominion over the earth. And let me tell you, once again, our world, they're changing everything around. They're changing priorities around. Man is over the animal kingdom. We are in authority over them. Man is more important than animals. I love animals. Okay, I'm thankful for animals. I like zoos. I like going and seeing all the animals and things. But you know what? If an accident happens and a little kid ends up in a cage with a gorilla and that kid's getting drugged around like a little rag doll and there's a chance that that kid's going to get killed, okay? 
you don't worry about saving the gorilla's life, okay? The life of a child is so much more important than the life of a gorilla. And I, I've always been fascinated with gorillas. Those are my favorite things to see when I go to a zoo. But if my kid was in a cage with a gorilla, I don't want him taking chances. Listen, I, I, it's sad they shot the gorilla. But you know what? I'm glad the kid's okay. And I'm, I think they did the right thing. And But in our country, how could they do that? I'll tell you how they could do that. There was a kid in there. Okay? And a kid, well, those parents shouldn't let it happen. Okay, but they did let it happen. And we're not going to let a, a child, a human being die, a child made in the image of God, so we can save a gorilla. I'm sorry. That's just, that's priority, alright? We have dominion over the animals. Yes, they were, they were irresponsible. Yes, you know, that was a, that was a bad thing that happened. But you know what? They did the right thing, and I don't think they, I don't think they need to apologize for the decision that was made. It was the right thing. Back in you know Genesis is where we see the beginning of things, and it's what we always go back to. And uh, go to uh, Matthew chapter nineteen. Matthew chapter nineteen. We see how God started the family. God made man. God made woman. They came together. He he commissioned them to be fruitful and to multiply. And God intended for the man and the woman who marry, He intended for them to stay married. Okay, and look at and Matthew chapter nineteen. Jesus is proving this from Genesis. Okay, and it says in verse three, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that which he made? them at the beginning made them male and female. And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh, wherefore they are no more twain. Okay, It's not two people anymore. They're not two. Okay, Wife, you are not your own person free to do whatever you want. Husband, you're not your own person free to just do whatever you want. There's two of you now. Okay, The two of you are one. What therefore God hath joined together... Let not man put asunder. That was God's intent. And Jesus is proving this from Genesis, where you don't see him say, God didn't even tell them there in Genesis, you two aren't allowed to divorce. Okay. It was just clear from the example God set, hey, God made those two, they came together, they're one flesh. That's it. You don't, you don't separate. You don't divide it. But you know what? In our country today, you can divorce for whatever you want. You can leave people for whatever you want. You can... I mean, I don't like her anymore. You know, She put on weight. She you know, burnt the dinner. She's a bad cook. And it'll work. You know, the wife, she can just say, you know what? I'm sick of them. I found somebody that I like better. And you know what? Our court system will say, okay. You know, after the lawyers have their way with the people, after the lawyers get them fighting for a long time and bleed them dry financially, and then after they're completely out of money, ah, all right, we'll settle and things. I mean, what a crooked, disgusting, horrible business that is, and it, it's just—it's absolutely wicked. And but it's—it's it's a very normal thing in our country, and we wonder why we don't have strong families. We see in the Bible that the father is the authority in the home. I know that's not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 
chapter 5 and verse 22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. And we're going to stop right there. And I know, I know what you all are thinking. Okay, well, you know, my husband's this, my husband's that. Everybody thinks they are the exception to the rule. Everyone thinks that they've got a reason that they can just completely go and rewrite what the Bible has to say. But I'm going to tell you right now that that is why we are in the mess that we're in today. At some point, America, we used to be a republic, okay? When we say the pledges to the flag and to the republic for which it stands, a republic, it is a nation that is governed by laws. That we hold ourselves accountable to those laws. That they are the authority over us because we need laws to keep us in line. And so we write laws. But now... We're just strictly democracy. The will of the people. And whatever the people want, that's what they do. And now, the world, if it's decided, you know what? Yeah, I know a family is a husband and wife, but we think a family should be a man and a man. We think it can be a woman and a woman. And then we say, alright, well forget the laws. Let's write new laws. And then they try to legislate new laws. And they can't really do it. So then they get the Supreme Court to legislate laws from the bench and be like, yep, yeah, no, it's legal. I mean, it's... I don't even want to start going on how things are working in Washington today. But it's a mess. And now, because and it's not even the will of the people, and we're seeing just insane laws passed. The fact that two men, two perverts, can adopt a child. What in the world is going on? And people are completely acceptable to that. That is not a family, folks. That is not a family. And you can say that's a family all you want just because the government does. But then we wonder, why do we have so many perverts today? We see hear about all the sexual assault that goes on. We hear about sexual assault happening in the schools. You know why these things are happening in schools? It's not because of kids that are living with their mom and dad who are married. It's because of kids who are growing up that are being molested by their mom's boyfriend. And even boys, I've known young boys, a good friend of mine had a brother whose mom later decided that she was a lesbian. And her girlfriend, whatever they call him, did terrible things to that boy. And both those boys are perverts today. And we wonder why this is going on. It's because we don't have strong families. We don't have mom and dad in the home. I can't imagine a mother or father doing something like that to their kids. But you know what? These other strangers that show up in the houses do that stuff all the time. And it is a mess. It's ridiculous. And I'm telling you, those are not families. And I know that's not politically correct. I know you've been watching Modern Family so much, you think that stuff's normal. You think it's okay. You think two dads can be great dads. Wrong. Dead wrong. I don't care what the news media says. I don't care who they interviewed on TV. That is wrong. That is not a family. You say, oh, this is mean. This is politically incorrect. Listen, We are suffering in this country because of this type of thing. We've got to get back to teaching people what a family is. A family is not two high schoolers that, you know, get, one boy gets a girl pregnant and, you know, and now they're this family. When the guy's still living with his parents, she's still living with her parents. You know what that is? That's a mess. That's a disaster. That is sin. And yes, it is completely common today, but, you know, we wonder why is it that we can see 
these groups of kids out rioting, tearing up stores, vandalizing things. What's the question the news media is always asking? Where are the parents? You know what? It's called, they should be asking, where is the parent? They don't have parents. You know, it's, they don't have regular families. Listen, I am 35 years old. I have been married for 15 years, but you know what? I came from a strong family. I live an hour away from my dad. But you know, I would still, I, there's still something in me that I'm not going to get too far out of line. I'm not going to go and humiliating myself in public, embarrassing myself on national TV, because you know what? I care about what my parents would think. I do. It, it influences me. They still have an influence on my life. Why? Because we were a family. We were a strong family. I lived in a home with a mother and a father, and they are still, that are still there, that are still married, and to this day, if there's a temptation to do something that could really make me look bad and shame me, I think about what would mom and dad think. And maybe you do too. And you know what? That's a good thing. You know, even if my parents were dead, I think it'd still, still bother me. But you know what? Many of these kids, they don't have that today. They don't know who their dads are. They don't know who their, their mom is. They're, they're, they're so confused. Kids are calling them their mom, mom and mom, one mom, the other mommy. I mean, it's just, it's confusing. And it's not right. It's messed up. And those are the people that are out tearing these towns apart when they don't get their way. They're not from strong families. They don't have mothers and fathers in the home, and we wonder why things are so out of control. We wonder why, you know, people are just, you know, I don't want to be too mean today, folks. But good night, you know, we do. We need strong leadership in the home. We need dads that are strong disciplinarians, you know, that that will instill some things in their children. My boys, they're working. They started their first job this week detasseling. They've been detasseling this week, and you know what I've been hearing? They're doing a good job, and I'm glad to hear that. And you know what? They know when they're out there, they don't have to just fear the boss, because if they get fired for being pathetic, I guarantee you they're way more scared of me than their boss. And they are. There are some kids out there that are pathetic and that aren't doing a very good job, but they've got nothing to worry about. Those kids, if they get fired, their parents will probably chew that guy out. If my boys get fired, I'm going to go find out why. And if he tells me they were goofing off, they were lazy, I promise they are going to be much more scared of me than him. Because you know what? I'm not raising a bunch of pathetic, lazy, you know, video gamer doughboys too worthless to go out and do some work in the heat. And it, it, they got they got soaking wet a couple times doing it. And they did it in the mud. It's good for you. You know, you man up and you deal with it. But you know what? And they are. It's not even a question in their mind. I because they they just automatically know. Other people they don't have that, and we do. We need strong families, and we've torn them apart. We've said in this country families are whatever people want them to be, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's it's not working. It's failing miserably. All this stuff that they're they're pushing. Listen, I took tax school one year. And I learned quite a bit about the tax code when I did that. And you, our tax code, it basically encourages people to be immoral. It encourages two people shacking up to remain single and not get married because it can hurt them on their taxes 
when they get married. They won't get as much money. It'll be harder for them to get welfare if they're, you know, if they're married. And I'm telling you right now, that is as wicked as all get out. Our tax code has helped promote this, what people are calling families today, that is not working. It's two people that they don't come together till they have gotten married, till they have committed to each other, till death do them part. And that is completely foreign in the minds of people today. But I'm going to tell you right now, it works. And it works very successfully. But unfortunately, they've torn it apart. And then, what's going on with kids today? Why are kids doing these things that they're doing? Why would a child take a gun into a school and shoot places up? Well, you know what? A lot of times you look at the family situation of these kids, it's not real good. And in Chicago... Every weekend we hear about the you know numbers of people that got shot and little children that got killed. You know, if we could find out who these shooters are, I wonder how many of them have dads had dads in the home. Very few. The statistics prove very, very few. They're not coming from strong families, and so we will continue as long as we have the type of families that we do in this country today. As long as we're okay with telling whoever they want. They're a family, even when they're not a family. When we're allowing perverts, I, I just heard this week. You know, they're trying to figure out. How, you know, they're working on what they can do to get people to adopt LGBT kids. And it's like, why would you invite that into your home, especially if you have other kids? And it's and most of these kids too. The reason they're they're not, they're not or the reason that they're without homes. Okay, it's not because they don't have parents alive, but they're, they had to be removed from their homes because their parents were perverts. Their, you know, or their, and not even their parents, but you know, their parents, their one parent's significant other has done things to them, messed them up in the head mentally, and now they're going this other way, and people, we got, we got to figure out what to do with them. You know, and it's a tragedy that that has happened to them, but it happened to them because they didn't come from real families. And we need strong families. Men and women get married, have children, husbands out of the home, wife, husband and wife in authority over the children. They raise the children. They train them so they can go and get married and start new families. That is the way it is. And we, we don't have time to go into all the Scriptures on that. But so we have that institution. It's been completely dismantled. And then, the other institution that God started, we see in Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 1. Now, you really might not like this one, but, you know, I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here today to make you feel good. I'm here to preach the Word. And I hope you all are okay with that. But I'm not trying to be mean, okay? I... I all you have to do is preach the Bible, and you'll be as mean as you want to be. <laughs> and uh, but and I, I'm not trying to be mean. But Genesis chapter nine verse one, and God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, and upon every fowl of the air, and upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea. And to your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb. Have I given you all things, but the flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat? And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast, will I require it, and at the hand of man 
at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. Y'all see that? This is God instituting human government. Government. What is government? Well, they're the people that provide free health care for you. They're the people that take care of your retirement. They're the people that you know give you daycare and free education and everything you could ever want. Right? No. You know what government is? The dictionary definition of government is the exercise of authority, direction, and restraint exercised over the actions of men in communities, societies, or states. The administration of public affairs according to the established constitution, laws, and usages, or by arbitrary edicts. Okay, government is basically it's it's laws that we set up, that we put in authority over us to restrain us, to keep us from doing bad, because we understand that man is not basically good, which is what's been taught in the last hundred years. Man is basically evil. And we need to be restrained so we have laws and we have penalties that we apply on people when they cross the line and the whole institution of government, it was basically the punishment of evildoers. If you shed man's blood, by man shall your blood be shed. By your brother, just talking about your fellow man, they are going to put you to death. Man is going to put you to death. And you might say, well, you know, that was in Genesis. That was way back then. Well, go to Romans chapter 13. Because now we've got all these preachers today that are coming together. And they'll take verses like this right here that are pro-government verses. I'm just going to tell you right now, I am pro-government. I am 100% for government. It's biblical government. I I am pro-biblical government. And oh, you know, the government tells you, you know, you got to pay for your neighbors this, pay for your neighbors that. Oh, you got to do it. Whatever the government says, you know, you got to do it. We need to be there to support our government. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to get, the, we're going to bring the people from the government into our church and we're going to honor them and we're going to give them things and we're going to go take things to them and bake them cookies and do all these wonderful things for the people in our government because this is instituted by God. It was ordained by God. You know, Thank God for all those IRS workers that go and they make sure they collect all our money from us that they're supposed to every year. You know, Thank God for all these people that are just our legislators in office that are legislating homosexual marriage and all these crazy things. What What is government? And they'll t- do whatever they say. But Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject to the higher powers. There it is. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers. They are the boss. They get to tell us what to do. If they tell us we've got to stop preaching against you know, homosexuality, we're going to stop preaching against homosexuality. We're going to do whatever they tell us. It says, For there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God. God ordained government. So we've got to do everything they say. Yes, God did ordain government, but I'm here today to tell you, I'm here to show you from the Bible, what we are calling government today is not government. Just like what we are calling families today are not families, what we are calling government today is not government. Verse 2, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Not talking about eternal damnation, spiritual damnation, and hell. Talking about physical damnation. If you resist the power, you're going to get killed. You're going to be put to death. Receiving damnation when you resist the ordinances. 
For rulers are not a terror to good works. I used to struggle with this verse so much. I would see our rulers and what they're doing, and I'm thinking they are a terror to good works. But the Bible says they're not a terror to good works. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? You know, maybe it is. Maybe the Bible does change. Maybe the rules do change because these people are a terror to good works. But the Bible says they're not. I remember when we first got this building, and I remember they. I went over to the courthouse and they were telling me all these inspections and things we had to do and they came and told us we had to change all these stupid things in the building that are just not a big deal. They didn't like the outlets that we had in the kitchen. And I was like, Lord, you said rulers aren't a terror to good works. We got to spend all this money for outlets and all kinds of other things around the place. It's just ridiculous. And I have to submit to that. And we did. We did all the things they told us to do. But I'm like, Lord, there's something wrong with this verse right here. But keep reading. Wilt thou not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake, for this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. So we're supposed to even pay taxes. That's what tribute is. We're supposed to pay taxes to these people. But look at what he says they do. He bears he bears the sword. If you do evil, okay, evil is not just sin. Evil is when you do something that hurts other people. When you do something that hurts other people, that is evil. And the government was instituted for the punishment of evildoers. When you do something that hurts somebody, you need to be punished. And notice with the sword. If you kill somebody, you should be put to death. That's New Testament, folks. I know it said in the Old Testament too, but it's in the New Testament too. It's the punishment of evildoers. That is why God gave the government... And we don't have time to go into all the passages on it, but whenever you read about all the verses about us being subject to the higher powers and the governments, it is for the punishment of evildoers. And we don't do that today. We're not. We're punishing... We punish people harsher for doing things that didn't hurt anybody. Listen, I'm I'm against drugs. If you, I don't think anybody ought to take drugs. But you know what? Some guy gets caught with dope or something that he's using on himself. Okay, that guy, he's hurting himself enough messing with them drugs. But why does he go to jail longer than some of the perverts do? And how come some of these perverts that go to jail get out of jail and then go molest somebody else? Why aren't they being put to death? Why? Our government's not doing what it's supposed to do. We've created this prison system in our country that is very populated, that's full of people who either should have been put to death a long time ago, and I don't have time to go through and prove to you from the New Testament all the people that should, still should be being put to death for the things they do. And you're like, that's terrible. That's mean. We don't do that. Okay, you think that's terrible. You think that's mean. Well, I hope you keep enjoying all the stuff that's going on in this world today. I hope you are enjoying hearing about these tragedies. I hope you get pleasure from that because we're going to continue hearing about these horrible tragedies as long as the government does not do their job. As long as the government 
who has tried to take the place of the family. We Basically, the public school now, they're the ones that are training the kids in pretty much everything, educating the kids in everything, teaching them about sex education, and they're teaching them perversion. And families like, yeah, the schools will teach them. The schools will help them. They're doing a terrible job. You know why? Because they were never intended to raise our children. It was up to parents the mothers and the fathers, and they just they can't do it. They'll never be able to do it. They don't have what it takes. We can give them all the tax money they ever ask for, and it will never they will never be able to take the place of mom and dad. That is not their place. It is not their place to provide health care for everybody. Okay? The health care system's not getting better. It is not their job to take care of everyone's retirement. People's retirements are not doing better today. Things are getting worse today because the government has gotten in areas where it's not supposed to be. Government was never intended to enforce building codes. They weren't intended to spy on people to make sure that we don't commit a crime. You know what they're there for? They had people that were there to punish those who hurt other people. And they have severe consequences. I mean, imagine if we lived in a society where if you killed somebody... And it gets proven. You watch them get hung or whatever. You know, kids are going to see that and they're going to be like, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want, I don't want to do that. But you know, some people's lives stink so bad in this messed up country today. Prisons, better for them. Three square meals, free health care, nice warm place to sleep. I mean, good night. And, and it costs a fortune. When you see how much it costs to hold people in prison, it's a joke. It makes no sense. There's people that have done documentaries on this. You should watch some of these things. It's out of control. We have completely dismantled the government. We've turned it into something God never ordained it for. God ordained them for the punishment of evildoers. You can say all you want. I don't like that. But you know what? Well, I hope you like what we're seeing today. Because this is a result of our government not doing what they have been called to do and ordained to do. And so then finally, the last institution we have is the church. And I'll I'll do this brief. It is the job of the church to fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. We are not the revengers of blood. We do not execute people. We we have no... In fact, what we do, we go and we'll even witness to people that are on death row. There's still some places that are putting people to death. We will go witness to those people. And those people can get saved and still go to heaven, but they should still be put to death for their crime. They shed man's blood. Man is created in the image of God. We have no value for human life. That's why we have abortion in our country today. That's why we care more about a gorilla getting killed than a baby ripped from his mother's womb. That's how, that's how messed up we are today in our thinking. But it is the job of the church to fulfill the Great Commission. It is the job of a church to set the example for a family. It is the job of the church, God's people, to be a light. Ye are the light of the world. Ye are the salt of the earth. It is our job to make the church better. And it is your responsibility as a believer to be a part of a church, of a local assembly 
of baptized believers. We are not to forsake the assembling. We need your presence here as a church. Do you all realize a message like I'm preaching today it is very unpopular. It is, I mean, most people would look at it and scoff. They could care less about how much Bible I said. But did you know if there's maybe one person in here that's listening to this and thinking, this guy's a crackpot. Let me tell you something. It helps... If there's an assembly of people sitting there agreeing with it and believing it, it gives some legitimacy to what I'm saying. But you all can go home and I'll still preach the same thing, but you know what? It's not going to have as big of an impact. I need you. Your presence helps my, pre- helps my preaching. It, it makes a difference. You need to be setting these examples too. It can't just be the pastor and his family. And your presence here, your involvement in teaching other people and and passing these things on to others your involvement in helping be a witness it is crucial and we don't have time to go into all the scriptures i had on this subject but we do your presence in the assembly of believers it is more valuable than you can ever imagine people are abandoning it today they're saying you know what i don't need the church and folks we do need the church but you know one of the reasons people are thinking about that, and I'm not going to I'm not going to talk long about this. But churches have also turned into something they're not supposed to be. Churches now they're opening daycare centers and things so they can raise your kids for you. We got to make sure that the mom and dad are able to be able to go out and work. You know the government like you know we've got to make sure we provide daycare or they call it preschool, so the mothers and fathers can be out there working. You know, mom. Let me tell you something about moms who take who raise their children. They're the hardest workers in the world. Okay? And that's just a fact. And we don't need government stepping in saying we're going to help the family in this area. No. You can help my family by helping keep me safe and start putting down some of these perverts that are out there and start putting down some of these killers so I don't have to worry about them anymore. If somebody attacks one of my, one of my family members and they survive, they shouldn't have to sit there and think, what, what's going to happen when that guy gets out of prison? What if he gets out of prison? You know what? That guy should be dead. And they'll never have to worry about him. It won't even be a thought. That's what God intended. That was what happened. You remember when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea? And Pharaoh and his armies, man, they, they all drowned. They all drowned. And you know, later after they crossed that, they were on the other side. They saw their bodies washing up on shore. It's almost like God let them see, hey, they're not going to come after you anymore. I took care of them. They're dead. I think we ought to be able to see. You know, we're, we're so politically correct today. When they killed Osama bin Laden, I think the world should have been allowed to see his body. But they didn't want to offend the Muslims. But you know, we still see the towers fall all the time. We, you know, many people they know people or had family members who died that day. You know what? They should have been allowed to see the body of who they say was responsible for that. But we can't offend Muslims. But wait a minute, I thought Muslims weren't violent people. And if they're not violent people, then why would they consider Osama bin Laden one of theirs? That's another thing for right there too, just to you know, prove they lie so much. And I'm here, I'm here today to tell you we have got to stay in our, our areas where God has put us. And our job as a church, it's not just to come together and have fun, even though we can do that sometimes. We have a responsibility to preach the Word, to teach people, to observe all things whatsoever He commanded us. We have got to do that. You need to be a part 
of that. You need to be involved in that. You need that in your life. You, we all need church. We need good families. And you know what? Good families, they need a strong government that will protect them and that will stay out of their lives. And they need good churches that will motivate them, that will encourage them. Why, why do we need that so much today? Why do we need the local church today more? You know, because what we see in Israel is a little different. But that's because in Israel, they were all one nation that followed the same laws. Today, we all live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, don't we? We are surrounded by unbelievers who do not follow the laws of God. And so today, and God's called us to that. God wants us to be among the world so we can shine as lights and be a witness. But we don't live in a country that recognizes God's laws that follows God's laws. So you know what we need? We need to get around people that believe the same way that we do. That think the same way. And that is why the local church like you see today is important. God didn't call us to go move somewhere and just you know set up a compound somewhere. I was just talking with a pastor about that. We were saying you know, it would just be kind of nice to just go buy some land somewhere and just have all the church people move out there and you know, we don't have to deal with the world. But that's, we're like, that's not why we're here. We're supposed to be lights. And so, since we can't do that, we need this. What we have right here, we need this. And God knew we would need it. And so, we're going to keep on doing this until the Lord returns. And we can go ahead and we can keep dismantling these things. We can dismantle the family. We can call it something that it isn't. We can dismantle government and turn government into something that it isn't. We can keep on tearing apart the church and turning it into something that's not supposed to be. We are not supposed to be a community fund center. We are a church. And when we get back to those institutions being strong, we won't see these things so much anymore. But we're going the wrong direction. So I hope you all are ready to continue hearing more bad news. It's going to keep happening. But you know what? If it's going to happen, it's not going to happen without me saying something against it. It's not going to happen without me trying to be an influence and pulling this country and whoever I have an influence in their life, trying to pull them back in the right direction because I'm sick of seeing this. I'm tired of seeing the shootings. I'm tired of hearing about the tragedies. I'm sick of all of it. I don't want to hear about it anymore. And I'm not going to help by sitting in a corner and just keep my mouth shut so I don't offend anybody. If I thought that would help, I would. I'd go sit over there in the corner I'd suck my thumb the whole service and not say a word. But that's not going to help. But preaching the truth, I believe, is what will make the difference. No matter how much it spins people's heads, no matter how fired up they get about it, and we have got to do that. We've just got to start standing for truth and shining a light on the wickedness in this world. And I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's all stand together.